Hello and welcome to the very last episode in this season of Health Binge. I'm Adam Lahey and with me as always is Stephen Ryan. The end of lockdown, Ireland slowly reopening, a bank holiday long weekend. Stephen, how was the car show? What? The car show. You said you were going to a, a rally with a load of men you met online. Oh, for fuck's sake. This again. <laughs> How was your long weekend? My long weekend was... I had a gay old time. Did you? So it was with a load of men you met online. I... it was Well, it was just lovely because with good weather, I went out with my paddleboard. I went climbing town Tinna. I had a lovely time. Excellent. How was your weekend? No greater... My weekend wasn't so bad. Uh, It was good fun. I did lots of walking. Oh, for fuck's sake. And I'm editing and all, that's staying in. (laughs) It's, yeah, it was was a good long weekend. I went and I fed some ducks and it was... What you feed them to? To me. Mm, Nice. Delicious little bastards. It's, yeah, it's, it's weird to be facing into, you know, the first period of seeing things open up again and going back to normal and... Not have something, you know, a, a conditional above it. Yes, it is bizarre. Um, did you see what happened with the the English who were out in Portugal and they got their rules changed while they were out there? No, what happened? They went off on their holidays to Portugal and then the rules changed and they would have to quarantine when they came back, even though that wasn't what was to happen when they were gone. Great. But that's the way of it. Yeah. It's fair lousy, though. Uh, it's not. Come on now. If you're going out on a holiday en masse to the fucking sun after the year that's just happened, you you need to, like, not well, I, be surprised well, when well, this shit they, happens. It's not an Icelandic volcano. It's a global pandemic. Like I think they got kind of blindsided by it. So I do, I do kind of feel sorry for them because, I mean, the thing is, you... I don't think you, yeah, I think you just got could have gotten caught with that one, you know? Mm. Like, you could have looked up everything and gone, right, I can go. At long last, I've been waiting a year. And then you get fucking snookered. Yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I've no sorry feelings for them at all. I've myself accepted that I shouldn't go, you know, on holidays this year. Uh, cool if people do, but... Be prepared to have the rules change while you're away. That's that's the world we live in for now. Suppose you're also siding with the guards batting charging on South George Street. I meant to look that up today, but then something really fucking weird happened this morning uh, uh, with with um, fucking fastly. So I, I didn't get to do the research that I, I wanted to do. But there was trouble on both sides. Tell us what, what you know about it. Uh, just guards were clearing the streets. That's what I saw. So I'm not on their side, but yeah. did you see the video of all the youths 
in tracksuits jumping up and down on taxis on that same no, not I, a street not far off that. I, I was merely trying to paint you as supporting somebody doing something that was no, no fun or crack. Nah, I look, I, I'm i trying to err on the side of caution. I, I, not even a caution, I, I'm just simple common sense, you know? And I don't think... I don't think common sense was used by either side at the weekend. And like there was a lot of innocent parties who, you know, were having drinks fine, uh, still illegal. But we've we talked about that in the last couple of episodes is the point isn't that it's it's they're doing something illegal. The point is that the law is bad. But when people actually take the piss and turn it into fucking witness 98 it's stupid. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, there's an awful lot of stupidity. It feels like this podcast, it's like every week we've been armed with somebody doing something stupid to talk about. That's certainly true. And I guess this episode, considering it's our last episode, should probably be a little retrospective in some way. It poses a good question that has all our free time just given us a, a bigger sense of community and awareness of the stupid shit that's happening no i think i and think it, i think it's definitely been a case of increasing stupidity i mean the whole dudes jumping on taxis and guardy battening people certainly makes that massive street party in North Dublin last year where they had music outside and everything seemed fucking whimsical in comparison. Yeah, I think, like, I, I don't know what the fuck they were at, who they were, or what they were they were doing or why they were doing it. I mean, they were trying to blame individuals. What the fuck would you be at? Like, why would you go out jumping on people's cars? Yeah, now there was one glorious moment where about three people did get up on this poor dude's uh, taxi and the last person to get up, he clearly was just fed up and he sped off and your man just came flying off the back of the taxi. That's quite funny. It was glorious. Oh, it was so good. It was like watching a child fall down. Like it was, it, it was perfect. Mm. That's fair enough, I think. Someone climbs on your taxi, yeah. let him have an old fall. Knock him off. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're not knocking him off the front and continuing going, which, you know, may well have been justified in itself. But yeah, 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 yeah. That dude deserved every bit of the hip pain that he got. And you could see him standing up kind of doing a little wiggle on his hip going, oh, that was sore, but I can't let anyone else around me realise that that hurt me. Uh, that's quite funny. Stupid. Uh yeah, it's I don't think we're out of out of that yet. How do you because, mean? Well I guess on a couple of on a couple of fronts. Like first of all, I don't particularly feel that I need or want to go back to a, a crowded pub situation yet, so I'm gonna have a preference for sparching. And second of all, lots of people have really internalised over the last year how much more cost effective it is to go sparching. Yeah, it 
I'm not really like I'll do it for novelty. You know, I'll go, I'll go to a pub and I'll sit and have a pint of Guinness. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't. I'm not, especially when it's not even the same thing. It's not like just going to a pub and having a few quiet pints inside. It's like I, I don't want to sit outside. I mean, by the time I would really want to, it's probably, you know, it's probably going to be the evening time that yeah. you want to have a few quiet pints, Wait. and then the midges leech you. What time are you... D- you're not going drinking at 2 o'clock in the day. No, but the midgets don't come out at 2 in the day. They come out, like, at sunset. Okay. Yeah. What kind of Fair. midgets like, were you talking yeah. about? <laughs> I wish you'd stop saying that word. Um, I... Yeah, no, I, I, I don't... I don't long for the pub atmosphere, so I think people are going to are gonna keep that spirit of... Let's just drink our cans in public. So I, I don't think we're going to see a huge shift from, you know, uh, uh, chaos on the streets just yet, especially in that area of Dublin, because, you know, whether the government will, will say it or not, that's exactly the area where people drank outside before all this anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that intersection of, of Grogan's and Pygmalion. I mean... That's just a publicly accepted drinking outside spot. Yeah, I think I think they're going to have a battle now for to actually get people to change their habits back. Yeah. Even even things like shopping and such. I think a lot of people are kind of like I I'm gotten out of my habit maybe of going going into town a few times a week or whatever. Are you talking about groceries now or like? No, like just going in, looking around shops and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, fair. I mean, I've been trying to do a lot of saving, so I haven't yeah, and, done and I'm kind much of, shopping anyway. I'm kind of the same as well. And I just don't, and I don't have to say, I don't have the interest in going, looking that much. Yeah. See, I do love a bit of shopping. And I am excited for like when queues aren't as heavy to to go and just look around. Not necessarily buy things, but just look at things like the filthy little capitalist that I am. And yeah, I mean, that'll be nice. I mean, go up to Stevens Green or, or, or Jervis or something and go around TK Maxx. That'll be great. But I, yeah, I I don't necessarily agree that. It's not really We're going to have to change too many. Huh? It's more commodity fetishism. What's the difference? Well, capitalism more pertains to the uh, ownership of the means of production, whereas being into buying shit is more commodity fetishism. But isn't commodity isn't commodity fetishism, you know, a byproduct of capitalism? I mean, it is, but you could also have commodity fetishism within another economic system it's not necessarily directly linked but definitely i suppose it's it's just encouraged in modern capitalism for sure but i mean like the shiny trinkets that you get in shops is you know shopping centers are a, a inherently capitalist venture you know if it was just um 
Yeah, but I don't think from a, I don't think from a buying perspective that really has a huge impact. I think it's more to do with I think it's more to do with the actual means of production. Um I don't necessarily agree with that because you it isn't just going around to to look at shiny things thing like I I think it is capitalist because there is ownership implied. I mean, nobody goes around pennies or or Debenhams or well, I suppose no one goes around Debenhams anymore or or Brown Thomas, and just for the aesthetic of the item, like you're you're envisioning, whether subconsciously or not, a lifestyle of owning these things and of them. Even if you're not going to buy it, you're looking at something going, oh, wouldn't this be nice in the thing? It's all. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in a feudal uh, society, in, in a you could also you could also do that or. Or a communist society. There just wouldn't be as maybe many things to look at in a communist society. But I don't think I don't think going around looking at stuff wanting to buy them is inherently a capitalistic endeavour. It's just capitalism has forged a I suppose a marketing uh, wanting to sell you stuff. Sure. Environment. I mean, look, you're you're the product that that is being marketed marketed to. Sure, but I mean, you're engaging in the capitalist agenda by going around all these shops. You 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 are yeah yeah, yeah. You pernickety arsehole. <laughs> so, what have you learned over over this last year and in lockdown? About yourself, about society, about whatever. I I have learned that it's very important to manage what you are in charge of. Okay, what's that mean? So I think it's very important to to take control of, of what you're in charge of as opposed to what others are in charge of for you. That I mean, over the last year, we've had very little control, but I felt I had control in in what I could do. And I did my best, I think, to try control that. And I mean, the, the podcast itself is an, is, is an example of that. We could do this. We didn't need to. We did, you know, we, we adapted. Hmm created something and it was it was an output and it was a creative endeavor i think that's that's an example of it okay um as opposed to you know waiting around for an opportunity to happen or just go do what you can do do you feel you've become more proactive or just more aware of what's required of you i think more to to what no, no, go on. I think I've become more aware of what a, I think I just have become more aware of, of I suppose, trying to just claim ownership over stuff that, that I can do and and just pushing myself to do stuff. Like, I, I think that just in terms of how we podcasted over the last year, I think that I've developed a lot of skills from that. You know, my skill set has improved considerably. Hmm. 
And I think that's a good thing. So, thinking about that, and just the lifestyles people are going to have after lockdown, when, when you think about th- those things that you're responsible for, and I guess the other side of that is being able to let go of the things that you're not responsible for. Like, have you seen more of a pattern in... You, you've taken most responsibility in things in your personal life or things outside of work. We talked about remote work a lot. Do you think it, it it's the work side when you're not in the office environment and you're not buried in that lifestyle? The responsibilities outside your direct work set, you've been more able to push those away. Yeah, I think I... Like, I think I was just running from pillar to post before this. Hmm for all the lockdowns and the coronavirus and i think i've been able to sort of just see a bigger picture because i've had time to stop and look around and and i suppose take stock and i get like i I don't want to keep drilling you with questions because i don't want to feel like it's like fucking interrogation or interview of Stephen but I guess like for myself as well I feel I've gotten very you know I, I, even from the very very start of lockdown I've gotten very self analytical over you know what things as Marie Kondo would say you know spark joy and, and what things don't and I, I've found too that so many of those things that I have had extra time to think about aren't work related uh, and I think that that's, you know, a positive that I hope everyone brings from lockdown. I guess that it's a very privileged position to be able to say that because I we were both in the position where we were able to work remote. Uh, just so many people who are still in the, the work, you know, in-house environment and that doesn't apply to so much. But I think it's a huge positive benefit that people have been able to think, okay, my life isn't just tied up in work. Work isn't my life. And now I'm trying to find new ways to make my work life balance around what's actually important, uh, which is the things that don't happen between nine to five. Yeah. I seen a few things recently about just about um, artistic endeavors and um and I suppose people saying, oh, they hope online stuff doesn't just stop. Because mm. uh, sometimes it might be for, you know, they they can't get out to gigs or maybe just being disabled or something. Um, and I was kind of thinking about that. And I was kind of also kind of going, do what you fucking want doesn't matter like it just doesn't like if you don't want to fucking put on live gigs from your home don't and do if you that's something you f- feel passionate about but don't fucking be telling other people what they should be doing oh this was like an artist who was saying this thing well i've seen it in a few different places and i think it's just people talking shite to be honest but but i was kind of looking at it going who are you to tell anyone? No, that's a bit of a, a harsh response. 
Well, it's kind of... I mean, if it's not an artist who's pontificating, if it's just someone who's a fan of something saying, Jesus, I'd love if more uh, uh, live gigs happen. I think that's a really important thing to say. Oh, I mean, it's important to say it like that, but I've I've seen it. I've seen it in a few different tones and a few different ways said. And right. I was just kind of mulling it over and I was going, I never liked doing really online comedy gigs and stuff. I didn't mind it and it was fun the few times I did it, but I didn't really want to do more of it. Yeah. Um, And I don't think if, if live gigs came back, I would want to do more of it. I would want sure. to do it again. And I was kind of going, mm, yeah, well, that's my decision. And I don't care who was enjoying it or who wasn't enjoying it, but I, if I want to do it, that's my decision. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a lot of personal motivation in that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fair. I, I love that a model has been worked out to actually make these things happen. And what's been most interesting about live gigs actually going online is that it's been mostly an indie push and not a corporate push, especially the ones that were most frequent and sustainable online, like Mick Flannery, who has done, and I know I've talked about him on previous episodes, who's just done great stuff for keeping venues supported and his own band and stuff supported online. That's super good. I think once live shows actually happen again, they'll they will take over somewhat because like from an artist's perspective, if you're not sharing a bill, if you're a headline act, I mean there's more money in touring than there is in one live show, you know, because if you go to twenty different towns, you're getting, you know, different different incomes than you would on one live show online. So I I yeah I think a lot of that from musicians and stuff will stop but I would love if people did the effort to keep some content online because it's brilliant especially for people who can't go out to gigs or have disabilities or or anxiety where they just can't go to live shows yeah see I'm kind of I was just thinking this over and I was like there's fucking TV there and comedians record and put up specials stuff and these are really well produced things as opposed to zoom gigs so i just yeah just bemused me well i mean you're comparing apples and oranges they're really delicious apples and oranges (laughs) um like those are entire different things of scale though i guess worth mentioning last week came out one exact defiance of that is a home produced special from Bo Burnham which I think has blown any single stand up show over the past couple of years absolutely out of the water I think it was fantastic but they're big words for a small the, man Adam they're brilliant oh it's brilliant is if it, you haven't seen I it I haven't seen it I, I've heard it's really good and I was thinking of watching it and I just haven't I could take or leave Bo Burnham and he's fine yeah no, it's it's brilliant. I think if you're familiar with him, it will make sense. I wouldn't recommend for people who aren't familiar with him because it might seem the barrier to entry is a little too high. But it's incredibly introspective. It's absolutely definitively 2020, 2021. And 
you'll rarely see anything like it, especially within the genre of what people will say is a stand up special. Uh, I think it's extremely unique. It's really good. But for the most part, people don't have the support of Netflix behind them and the ones doing the live gigs, you know, the um, the, the Roisin Doves or the even just TikTokers <laughs> or, or Instagram people, they don't have those budgets and they're doing it for different audiences and different reasons. And, uh, you know, you can't really compare those because... Will you say the apples and have... oranges thing again? Go on. They're apples and oranges. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, I can't wait to go to a live show. Yeah. Maybe in like four months. Um, Anyone that you're jonesing to see? Oof. Uh, there's a band called Always that I'd really, really like to see. Um, but there's been no movement on them in the past two years. So I don't even know if they're recording an album, but... I'd love to see them. Bad name for a uh, band that have stopped. Yeah. <laughs> not quite. Yeah. A, I mean, not it was quite two years. To the status quo. God, they were they were very cringe. Now, I'd like to see Mick Flannery again. Just support him and going to a Mick show is is always super good. Um. Beyond that, like, I do, do you know what I? Maybe Primavera. Uh, sound in Barcelona next year. Oh yeah, I'd love because to because the the lineup is absolutely cracking. Mm. Uh, it's so far away that it might be a little bit safer, and I think you're just gonna get that experience of lots of people, elation, lots of booze, uh, a kind of a sigh of relief. Yeah. No, I'd say Primavera would be really good to go see. Yeah. Anyone you're looking forward to seeing? Um, Me. Tickets to go see Steve Coogan doing his Alan Partridge show. Oh, very nice. That'd be cool. Um, I have tickets for Doug Stanhope, which has been, you know... They were they were from before the first lockdown. Then it got shoved back and shoved back and shoved back. I'd love to see John Prine, mm. but he died of the COVID. He died of the COVID. Yeah, so I'm not going to get to see him. Should we do a quick Oscar reel celebrities who died of COVID? I'll go for it. Okay. We have got. I don't know who this man is. Or maybe he's just on the. Nico. Schimmel. Finning. I don't know who you are, Nico. I'm sorry. He's too dead. To this hear. guy's name is Shutterstock. Oh, he's the guy who has all those photos on the website. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Captain Sir Tom Moore, the 100 year old World War II war veteran. Larry King. Oh, yeah. Phil Spector. I believe we spoke about oh, him yeah. a lot. You loved him. But I I thought he was very good. British actress Barbara Shelley. And all of his work. Dawn Wells from Gilligan's Island. We had country music legend Charlie Pride. A lot of people who I didn't really know here. And because this is a side scroll slideshow, this is very hard to actually just load through. Eric Spinato, the Oh, he just worked at Fox. I don't need to know about him. Probably <laughs> 
few all please yes okay Tommy DeVito from the Four Seasons any relation to Danny I don't know actually though they were very good friends with Joe Pesci which is an extremely weird thing John Prine Adam Sheslinger from Fountains of Wayne and Jesus there is just a massive Wikipedia page full of names do you know what this could just be all the this is hardly all the COVID deaths no Way to stink us off the last episode, Adam. Yeah, I really, I really didn't. Uh... <laughs> Hold on, one more. Tom Hanks. No, oh, this is just people who've had it. Oh, for fuck's right. sake, were you killing off Tom Hanks? Uh, lots of people. And it's, yeah, oh, Jesus, I, I've definitely lost the Oscar booking now. <laughs> and I think we'll leave it at that. Yeah, that sums it all up. I know. I, 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 I would like to say thanks to everyone over the last, you know, year and two months for uh, sticking with us and to Andy uh, for listening to us. You're welcome. And I'd just like to say uh, to everyone who would listen, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> go fuck yourself, Adam. Go fuck yourself, Stephen. <laughs>